Hi everyone, this is Jennifer. Welcome to the Corporate Flight Attendant Podcast. I've been a corporate flight attendant for over six years and I always tell you the brutal honest truth of this industry. This is season two, episode three, act like a crew member or crew resource management. I haven't decided yet what I'm gonna name it, so. I'll decide after this episode. So today I want to talk about something really big that is a major topic when you go to training if you haven't gone to training already, and that's crew resource management. But before I do, I just want to give a quick COVID update. Right now we're in, is today early February? Yeah. We're in early February 2022. I can't believe we're already here, but um, we're here. I have to say what I've heard about in the industry, everyone's really busy. So again, keep submitting your resumes because a lot of places are busy. Make sure, you know, this is not me saying it because of any political stance or anything, but if you want to get more work as a contractor, make sure you're vaccinated, make sure you're boosted, make sure people know about that when they hire you because that's going to make you more desirable in this industry right now. A lot of companies are mandating the vaccinating and the boosting, so just so you know about that. Today's topic, again, is crew resource management. Now, this is a topic that's covered in training. And when you go to training, they make a big deal out of this. Why? Because crew resource management, or CRM, is all about having a supportive environment where you work as a team, meaning you and the pilots and even the mechanic, if he or she is flying with you or on the ground, that you are all working as a team, you're working as one. And I wanna tell you a couple stories about how CRM affected me and how I feel that the people I worked with, we did it effectively. So the first story is I took a trip with these two amazing pilots they're just such nice guys one of them i'm still in contact with and they're just such great guys new pilots really like them always like flying with them we went from wilmington delaware to cuba we were supposed to go to cuba and we had a boatload of chinese passengers i want to say 13 passengers on a g4 or a gulfstream 400 they had chartered the plane or rented the plane for the day to take them to Cuba. And, you know, I was excited. I've never been to Cuba, so I was ready to go. So we're flying. It's night. It's late. The Chinese passengers are unfortunately smoking, uh, drinking, playing cards. They're really loud. They have music going on. And we're 15 minutes from our destination, from Cuba. All of a sudden, the captain comes back to speak to me which never happens and he said Jen I've been flashing the lights why haven't you been seeing it or hearing it because that ding 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 you know you hear it on a commercial jet right when you hear something's going on it's such a small light in a g4 that I didn't see it flashing number one and I didn't hear it because remember it was really loud in cabin and he told me that the windshield had popped and cracked so we still had a windshield. It was just a massive crack. <laughs> and um, for those of you who are like, whoa, I was in my head going, whoa, but apparently it's just a very normal thing. It happens from time to time. It's not a big deal. Pilots know about it. 
And this pilot was extremely calm telling me about it and just said, you know, make sure the passengers are safe and strapped in and seat belted and the whole thing. He said, I'm going to try to explain to the lead passenger what's going on. The problem is none of these people spoke English. And the lead passenger supposedly spoke English, but he barely did. He was a nervous flyer. He was not happy hearing about the news. He didn't want to, which was smart of this captain, take the guy to the cockpit and show him anything, show him the windshield, because then you would have had all these people trying to get in the cockpit and seeing the windshield. You don't want to do that. But he explained, the guy kind of understood. He knew that we were turning around and going back to Miami. I think that was a smart decision, was turning around and going back to Miami because you don't want, you know, a cracked windshield sitting there in Cuba where they don't have Gulfstream. In Miami, you can get someone out there in two hours, you know, to help you with this issue, to help you fix the issue because Savannah, Georgia is the home of Gulfstream, which is right by Florida. The pilots made the right decision to turn around, even though it was a bummer, I didn't get to see Cuba. And <laughs> so my job was just to keep the passengers calm and, you know, I had them seat belted and I tried to keep a smile on my face or just, you know, calmness. I wouldn't say smiling, I was over smiling, but just, you know, keep calm and I was seat belted in too. And that's about it. And we turned around and we emergency landed in Miami. On the way out of the plane, the pilots showed the lead passenger and the other passengers what had happened and they were all like oh <laughs> so they understood by that point and I do have to say something funny is even though this guy didn't speak a word of English he somehow was able to ask me is it the engines <laughs> I was like okay everything ended safely but the way that the pilot handled it and came back and spoke to me and was calm and told me not to worry and it happens all the time you know, the way we worked together, how I kept everything calm in the cabin and they worked on everything in the cockpit, that's a good example of CRM. That's a good example of us supporting each other, working as a team. And one thing I want to say, if this ever happens to you, I've been told many times that when the windshield cracks or pops like that, you hear a, a, an enormous sound, a huge popping sound, and I didn't hear it. So... That's another thing where I wasn't alerted of the emergency as well. Another part of crew resource management is the pilots had to call the dispatcher and unfortunately wake up the dispatcher at 11 at night and get them a new flight, which is not easy to do, get them a whole new plane. And that was another part of working as a team. We had these 13 passengers sitting in the FBO. It was really late at night. They were exhausted. They were older. They were not younger passengers. I want to say they were 60 to 70 years old. I felt terrible. But we waited until they got that other plane and we saw them get on it and then we left. So that's also working as a crew as well. You know, working with dispatch, working with the FBO, making sure everyone's okay, making sure the passengers are okay. I want to talk about another example of crew resource management with actually the same pilots who, again, are amazing people, great guys. We had a trip from Teterboro to Miami. When we got into Miami, it was, again, I don't know why we always did these late trips, but it was late. You know, let's say we landed at 9 p.m. After everything was said and done, we got to the hotel around 10 p.m. We drove up to the hotel 
And what we did was we checked in first why someone stayed in the car. So we put all our bags in, we checked in one by one, the whole thing, but someone was still waiting in the car. The problem was we checked in so late, and as we were driving there, I knew this was going to be a problem. We could not find parking. Even in the hotel's parking structure, we couldn't find parking. It was that bad because a hotel, I think they had something like a major bar or a nightclub or something, so just the parking was just forget it. We couldn't find it. So the pilot said to me, Jen, don't worry about it. Take your luggage and go to bed. And I said, no, I'm going to stay down here with all the luggage and see what you guys need and, you know, just keep me on the phone. So I stayed in the lobby with the luggage while they uh, drove around to try to find parking. And I offered that too. I said, I can drive around with you guys. We can put the luggage back in the car. And they're like, no, we don't want to do that. Just stay here. And they drove around. I remember it took them an hour to find parking. (laughs) Poor guys. They finally found it. But when they came in, you know, I had their luggage and we all checked in together. When the captain originally said to me, you can just go to bed, I could have done that. I could have made that decision, but I felt that that wasn't working as a crew, that wasn't being supportive, that wasn't working as a team. So instead, I chose to stay in the lobby with the luggage and help, even if it was only a little bit of help, help any way I can. Because I was thinking too, is let's say they really can't find parking and they're driving around for hours, well then we'll switch on and off and I'll come out and someone else will come in and watch the luggage or I'll drive. I really think that that helped in our relationship as colleagues and I was constantly asked to work that account constantly so I know I did a good job in putting crew resource management first the most famous example you can find of crew resource management is Sully Sullenberger I think you guys know who he is this is a commercial example but he was the pilot who landed the plane in the Hudson River the plane had a bird strike. They didn't have time to go to, actually they were looking to go to Teterboro to reroute to Teterboro. They didn't have time and uh, he had to land it in the Hudson. And when Sully Sullenberger was interviewed afterwards, he said it wasn't just about me. It was about all of us. It was about my entire crew. It was about my co-pilot. It was about the flight attendants. We all worked together. And that's why everyone walked off that plane safely. Everyone knew how to work well together. And that's why you had such a successful ending to that story. And I'm so glad that Sullenberger had the humility to acknowledge that. You know, when you're in a situation where you have the opportunity to step up and and that pilot says to you, don't worry about it, just go to bed or sit in the FBO or just blah, blah, blah. And you feel that, you know what, that's just not being a crew member. Make sure you just step up your game and become the crew member that you would want to have. I've given you examples of two pilots who are phenomenal and who I just thought were great human beings. What happens if you get two pilots who are assholes? (laughs) What happens in that situation? What you need to do is you need to still act like a crew member. Let's say there's someone drunk in cabin, you're in flight, it's a belligerent passenger and you can't, you can't control them. You're, you know, you have your flight attendant voice. You're telling him to sit down. You're doing the whole thing. The friends can't control them. The family can't control them. You can't control them. 
The next step is to go to the pilots. And what happens if they're assholes? Well, you still go to the pilots and you still tell them what is going on and you still enlist their help because that's their job. Even in that type of situation, you make sure that you speak up and you act like a crew member. I had one account I did. I don't talk about it much here. I did one trip. It was a 10-day trip with this account. The pilots were straight-up assholes. Uh, they were The mechanic was an asshole. I know two other flight attendants who also flew this account after me never went back. I've never had a situation where I wanted to leave a trip, and I almost did. I didn't, but that's how bad these pilots were. Never had that experience again. It was one experience out of hundreds of trips, so don't worry about it. Probably won't happen to you. But if it does happen to you, I would still go to these pilots in an emergency situation. I would still try to incorporate crew resource management. I would still do all of that to show them that I'm a team player. Because, and, and I'm getting really far with this, and this probably would never happen, but let's say if something happened with that drunk passenger and the pilots didn't help you. Let's say it turned into a fight or something like that, and I had to answer to the management company, I had to answer to the FAA, I'd be honest, and I would say the pilots refused to help me. They, they were not pleasant to work with, and they refused to help me. And trust me, pilots... Even if you get one that's a bad one, they'll still help you most likely in that situation. So don't be afraid to speak up and be a team player. You'll learn about this more in training. Every year in training, you hear about CRM or crew resource management. It's actually an interesting part of training, and I like it because it drives home that it's not all about the pilots. It's about the crew as a whole. So personally, I like it. And that's about it. For today. Oh, I just want to say that take a look at my shop at freespiritpodcast.com. You can look under shop and I have some great products for you guys that I created just for being a corporate flight attendant. I have my corporate flight attendant book, which people love. It's so affordable. It's 20 bucks and you'd rather put out 20 bucks than go through training, which is thousands of dollars and realize this is not the job for you. So definitely think about that book. Think about my resume editing service where I look at your resume and I give you tips so you can get hired. And also think about my lists bundle. That's L-I-S-T-S bundle. I have my catering list. I have the prep, the deplane list, the packing list, all comes in one bundle. You can just pop it into the notes on your phone and it makes life so easy. And I wish I had had these lists years ago. So that's definitely something to look at. And also, if you're someone listening to this who has a business or a product that you would like to sell to corporate flight attendants, for example, let's say you have a class or a cooking class or something like that that you would like to get the word out to corporate flight attendants, definitely look at freespiritpodcast.com backslash sponsor so you can sponsor this podcast. I can get the word out for you. It's such an affordable program, so definitely also take a look at that. You know, guys, same thing. I will be back with an episode in the next couple weeks. Until then, happy flying.